1: Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Troche, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. Bill, we are here to preview Week 11. It's getting late. It's getting late in the season. These games are carrying more and more weight. And as uh, the ranking shows have come out, now we've had two. You have talked about teams trying to have they had style point weeks right as they were as the rankings were approaching and now we're gonna see who gets tight have you seen that so far so
2: it's a tuesday tradition when we're recording that i'm watching my ohio bobcats during our window and they're playing miami in the battle of bricks and winning 10 to 7 so hopefully that's part of maction we love maction it's part of the tradition <laughs> get you ready for the weekend week 11 should be I don't know if it's going to be as crazy as the evening was in week 10, but it's just like I said, we talked about in our other podcast this week. The theme of this week to me is the entire college football world is going to be rooting for Texas. Mm. If you're completing for a playoff berth, you are rooting to get TCU out of the way, which it's kind of a contradiction to me because all these, a lot of the people that trump up playoff expansion and parody and all these things, TCU is who you're rooting for or who you should be rooting for. So why are we disrespecting the Horned Frogs? I personally love them. I think uh, Max Duggan's a great story. I love that Sonny Dykes has been able to flip that. Um, Good fan base, has had success. And Gary Patterson's on the other sideline waiting to rip their heart out. I mean, that's just a a huge storyline.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. That was one of my most trafficked stories last fall was when I wrote
1: about why is everybody pulling against Cincinnati and nobody wanted Cincinnati to make the playoff. And that was the general feeling among, you know, college football fans who obviously were just outside of Cincinnati is you don't root for the underdog. You want the big programs. You want the big names. And, uh, and it was kind of funny that, uh, you know, people don't embrace the underdog and you are seeing it again, like you said, with TCU. Uh, people want to see – the biggest names make those four playoff spots. So let's preview the viewing windows for Saturday's action. Okay, then we'll go into our confidence contest update. It's a dead heat, almost. It's still super close. As we get into November, we'll have some Trochi trivia. We'll make our confidence picks for this week, and then uh, we'll give the trivia answer to close it out. Bill, no cheating, no looking it up while you're making your picks. All right? I'm listening, Saturday, yeah. Saturday, Saturday, noon window, the early window. We are going to have number seven LSU at Arkansas noon on ESPN. Okay. LSU is a three point favorite spread opened at two and a half and has only climbed three. So I don't know what's going on here. Vegas is expecting a hangover uh, out of the tigers in this one. And they it might not be wrong considering some of the photos that I saw coming out of Tiger stadium on Saturday night, Uh, LSU seven and two uh, coming off that huge win, exciting win over Alabama. Uh, Arkansas is coming off a home loss to Liberty. They were down 21, nothing cut it to 21, 19 with a minute to go missed the two point conversion and lost to Hugh freeze and Liberty. LSU's one had one five straight in the series before last year, Arkansas got them in overtime. Um, you know Arkansas's defense—they they, they rank 13th in the SEC. It feels like this line and just the general analysis of this game is where is LSU going to be emotionally? Because on paper, they are definitely the better team. What did you say the line is now? When we did our picks,
2: the spread it was three. It's three. only three. It's That's still three. Incredible to me that like. <laughs> How long are you hung over? It should be one day. (laughs) Then you take your aspirin and and you go. Um, Here's a couple things that stand out from that Arkansas game last week. 3.4 yards per carry. 4 of 16 on third down. This should be uh, KJ Jefferson through two picks. I know it's on the road, and it's LSU's third true road game of the year, but I don't see how the Tigers don't take care of business here and keep rolling toward a trip to Atlanta if they lose now, if you're Alabama and Ole Miss and and preview that game here in a second, I mean, obviously they're, they're glued to their TV, hoping LSU messes this up. Um, but I don't see it. I, I just uh, – Arkansas, the, the season got off the rails a little bit for them, and they've had some injuries. They're going to have some key injuries that they're dealing with. And I think the real story, Bill, is Jaden Daniels, man. What a, what a fantastic year he's having as one of those – we should actually do this story at Sporting News of the, like, the transfer
1: roulette wheel and who just hit the jackpot. And LSU is one of them. Oregon's one of them too. Exactly. I mean, Brian Kelly has a reputation of winning games he's supposed to win, right? I mean, that's the last four years at Notre Dame. That's what he did. His knock was he couldn't knock off the big boys, but he was good against, you know, whenever he was a favorite. And, uh, yeah, so I I, I like LSU in that one. And uh, Vegas, like I said, is expecting an LSU hangover. That is the best and only true uh, marquee game in the noon window. Let's skip ahead to 3.30 window on Saturday, which, by the way, last Saturday, the Georgia-Tennessee game, I don't know if you saw 13 million viewers in the CBS uh, Saturday window there. Amazing. That's the number one uh, highest-viewed game of the season thus far. I think Michigan-Ohio State will break it. But, I mean, that was an amazing number. So uh, Alabama at Ole Miss, same window, CBS 330. N- will not have 13 million viewers, um, but still should be a very good game. Alabama's a 12-point road favorite. Uh, it's the, the other half of the emotional LSU-Alabama game. Let's pray put our psychology caps on for this one, too. Alabama's 7-2 and two for the first time since 2010 and virtually no hope of winning the national championship. That was the goal, right, for Will Anderson and for Bryce Young and a bunch of other players. How do they respond against an Ole Miss team that's they're well, they're desperate for a quality win. They don't have one yet, really. If uh, Kentucky, they're hanging their hat on Kentucky right now. They need to hang it on something else. And you know, you're, you're, they're they're still looking for that that big win. They're still alive in the SEC West race. And I don't know if you saw the. um Lane Kiffin responded (laughs) to Paul Feinbaum's comments that uh, Saban was kind of done and Alabama was on the way out and and the the dynasty might be over. And Kiffin labeled it goat fuel, the opposite of rat poison. He was giving Nick Saban goat (laughs) fuel. And so he does not want Saban getting any goat fuel before this game because, you know, whenever Saban is counted out, he comes storming back. So what do you see out of this game?
2: Well, I mean, you know Alabama's only lost eight regular season games in the playoff era, which is just ridiculous <laughs> by the way and in this this will be the eighth one in the seven other games that the game they played after they've won by an average of twenty four points per game, but this just feels different this year it mm-hmm. It feels different because of the penalties it feels different because of the mistakes the allow that you mentioned in our podcast yesterday the pass interference calls against LSU and the worst possible thing you can face coming off a loss is a physical rushing attack coming off a bye week so I think Ole Miss is going to play I think they're going to hang that SEC best to 267.4 rushing yards per game two running backs going to hammer away at it you know, where Lane got into trouble with this game last year, remember everybody made the big deal about the get your popcorn ready, and then he went for it on fourth down several times and got out of the... Several it, times. I mean, <laughs> just ridiculous. And that was like, <laughs> I remember we did a feature last year at Sporting News about, and I talked to Paul Feinbaum, and he said, you know, sometimes Lane gets in Nick Saban's head. I think last year it was the other way around. Like, Saban was clearly, like, in his head. And, you know, there are two coaches that respect each other. I think it's going to be... Spread looks a little high. I think Alabama bounces back, but this again is truly uncharted territory for the Crimson Tide. Still being in the top ten, but I mean, come on, man, they're not going to the playoff. If they do, it would be the biggest Tuscaloosa
1: miracle yet. I mean, there's no way. Right, and I, I don't, I don't think this is a great matchup for Ole Miss. Though, like you said, their running game is their strength, but the Alabama's front seven still solid. I think their weakness is in the, been in the secondary committing penalties, guys running free, and uh, the, the front seven I think will be able to match up with the Ole Miss running game and, and slow it down a little bit. Honorable mention, game, a little off the radar here, an, an AAC game, but uh, one to pay attention to if you feel like, you know, the, the winner of the AAC likely will be in a New Year's Day Six Bowl. So if you want to get a little preview of one of these teams, number 22, UCF at – Number 17, Tulane, 330 ESPN2. Tulane, two-point favorite at home. This is the first of a rough three-game stretch for Tulane to close out the regular season. Uh, The uh, the Green Wave has to play the second-place, third-place, and fourth-place teams in the AAC, back-to-back-to-back, before the AAC championship game. So they have a good record, but they have avoided – Playing the league's iron, so to speak. USC, I mean, UCF, sorry, has the number one offense in the AAC. Gus Malzahn's got it clicking at 501 yards per game. Tulane's got the league's number one defense, holding people to 307. Uh, It's a classic little something's got to give game. Uh, What do you see between these two down the stretch here? I mean, Willie Fritz, you
2: got to give it to him. This is his seventh year. Before this year, he was 31 and 43 at Tulane so this is that long-awaited breakthrough great story allowing 16.9 points per game um it'll be close I mean it's one of those I think like you said Tulane's gonna have to prove it every week and if they lose this is the other half of the playoff debate I mean that would potentially open the door for UCF to get back in the New Year's Day six or a Coastal Carolina, or I don't think we got one out of the MAC, but all that matters is Ohio just scored on Miami to take a 17-7 <laughs> lead in the all-white uniforms. Um, so, um, yeah, I think Tulane's a team that, that we'll see if they can earn it. But I will say this. The one thing, I, I covered Tulane against Ohio State a couple years ago during the Urban Meyer suspension, and it was one of those, okay, he's back. Tulane played really hard in that game that they were just ridiculously overmatched. And that still stood out. I can't believe I remember that four years later. But it was like they got blown out, but you you could tell they didn't quit. And I always notice that with teams when they're losing. And, and um, you know, so he's he stuck it out. And maybe a note to some other group of five programs as we get into the coaching carousel that if you stick with
1: a guy, you can have a season like this. Do you know Liberty's situation with the New Year Six? I'm not in? sure, but they they're can. not. They're an independent. Is it automatically go to a conference champion or not? Do you know? I don't or know.
2: I, well, I mean, like BYU could have theoretically did it. So, I mean, I would I think that, like, if Army went 12 and 0, they would take them. So, Liberty's going to have something to say about that. That's a good point. We, I should definitely they're, look. They're that
1: actually up. not in the in the committee's rankings. Uh, They've won loss. And it was by one point to Wake Forest. Like, I don't know. They just beat Arkansas also bizarre yeah, that's a good, great point the resume is pretty good um so anyway sorry i think liberty uh, would beat tulane right that's yeah. my point or whoever yeah. wins the ac and then coastal carolina is kind of floating out there in the sunbelt too so it'd be interesting to keep an eye on that uh, the top group of five team that gets in to the new year's six saturday night we've got the game of the week Number four, TCU undefeated inside the bracket as we speak. At number 18, Texas, 730 ABC. Uh, game day will be in Austin. Texas is a seven-point favorite despite being ranked 14 spots behind TCU and having three losses to TCU's none. Uh, game of the weekend. Can't wait for it. It's going to be fun. Not sure how um, you know Texas is favored. By three, TCU beat the two Big 12 teams that beat Texas. Um, TCU has had to pull off four second-half comebacks so far, but the fact is they pulled them off. Great quarterback battle, Max Duggan and Quinn Ewers. I know you're going to dig into that this week at SportingNews.com. TCU wide receiver Quinton Johnson's status will be important. Uh, He's an NFL-caliber target for Duggan, and TCU obviously is at their best when he's healthy. Last week, he's battling an ankle injury. He only went two or three plays against Texas Tech. Couldn't go. Was pulled out. TCU's being kind of hush-hush on his status. He's averaging about 16 yards a catch, uh, and he had like a 200-yard game against Kansas. He was huge in that game. Looked like an NFL wide receiver in that game for sure. So his status is worth keeping an eye on as we get closer to game day. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, I mean, every – Metric, to me, like, kind of favors TCU. I mean, they're a
2: better one-score game team. Max Duggan, this is his fourth start against Texas. He's won twice, so he's not going to be thrown off by the aura of Texas by any means. Um, they spread the ball out well. I mean, you mentioned the injury there, but they got guys like Tay Barber. They got a – you know, as the top two running backs in the Big 12 as well, between Kendra Miller and um, John Robinson. So I, I mean, typical Big 12 theater. Going to be a shootout. Going to be, you know, Gary Patterson's sideline shot every five minutes because he coached at TCU forever and really built that program. Um, I think it comes down to Max Duggan. This is another moment for him to lead another victory. And if they get this one, that's five wins against ranked teams in six six weeks. If they were any other uniform, like if this was an Oklahoma uniform, we'd be like, this is this is the Sooners team or you know, if this was Texas, if the the shoe was flipped, we'd be talking about Texas winning, being a national championship team. No question.
0: It'd be no like,
2: question. they've mowed through five and six weeks and this and that. So, yeah, I mean, that's a huge spot for TCU that uh, the rest of the college football playoff contenders are going to be rooting against them and putting on their burn orange, I suppose. But <laughs> I think it's going to be a close game, a fun game. But the, I, you know, doing those picks against the spread for us at Sporting News every week, I, get into this with the contest is when I see a line that just looks horrible, I'm, I'm, I'm walking right into the trap. Is this a trap that Texas is just going to hammer them in Austin? And that's what I'm kind of like leery about now.
1: Right. Right. I have my friends at the athletic looking into this uh, fact. And if I get the answer, I will tweet it out this week. Max Duggan has beaten Texas twice. In his career already, I'm wondering. I'm asking them to research this for me. Last quarterback to beat Texas three times that would be an interesting answer. I don't know if you think of any off the top of your head, but probably uh, an Oklahoma quarterback. I would imagine, maybe.
2: yeah, like I mean, that would make the most sense. Um,
1: but how many Oklahoma quarterbacks stayed that long, right? Like they seem to rotate to three. through. right. So uh, anyway, I just thought that was kind of a fun fact. Hopefully they'll come up with it. Saturday night, honorable mention. Uh, we've got number 25, Washington, just popped into the poll this week. The college football <laughs> playoff rankings, number 25, Washington at number six, Oregon, seven o'clock on Fox. Oregon is a 12 and a half point favorite. Another fun one out on the West Coast. There's been a ton this year, Washington. Beat Oregon State last Friday night on a late field goal. That was a great game. Uh, And it it was uh, for fifth place in the Pac-12. So Washington is just outside the big four of the USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Utah. Huskies have won three in a row. Michael Penix continues to lead the nation in passing per game at 359 yards. Uh, Oregon's pass defense is ranked 117th. So that doesn't bode well when you're facing uh, this Washington offense. Uh, Oregon is on an eight-game winning streak. Quarterback Bo Nix, he's a touchdown machine right now. He's accounted for at least five touchdowns three games in a row. They've scored at least 40 points eight weeks in a row. Vegas doesn't expect Oregon to play tight, but this might be a game where you talked about where, you know, they're punched in the mouth for the first time in a while, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they respond.
2: Yeah, I mean it it goes both ways here. I mean, you look at we talked about Bo Nix and everything he's done. They've beat BYU, Stanford, and UCLA, all kind of rival teams by an average of eighteen points per game at home. And then, but you kind of see where the line is made when you look at Washington and every one of their games but one, which was a blowout, has been decided by eleven points or less against FBS teams. That's so they're they're used to. Playing mm-hmm. these tight games. A couple tough road losses. They had a tough road loss at UCLA earlier this season, but offense both ways. I mean, makes sense that, that they hang around in this game and make it fun. And, again, Oregon, another team that's starting to get love. I mean, they're in the first part of the montage now on the playoff show that, you know, <laughs> do they play tight with, with Bo Nix and and have their, – their one close game in Pac-12 was against Washington State. It was a very – similar team in terms of roster makeup. So um, Washington's probably more talented than Washington State, honestly. So it'll be a really good game, I think. And um, look for uh, Washington to hang around in that one.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be a fun one. Uh, Number 15, North Carolina at Wake Forest. Final game to keep an eye on at 7.30 ESPN2. Wake is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Get ready for some flag football, Bill. This is the – flag football game of the week. The over-under is 76 and a half according to BetMGM, which is actually second only to uh, UCLA, Arizona, 77 and a half. But uh, I don't know if you remember the, <laughs> this game over the last two years. What? Last year, North Carolina won 58-55, came back from 18 points down, and in 2020, North Carolina won 59 to 53, came back from 21 points down. So maybe the over-under is too low. Maybe 76 is way low. Uh, Another chance to see Drake May, love him, freshman Heisman Trophy candidate. I found that stat I was looking for for him. Three straight games of 250 yards passing, a 70% completion rate, at least three touchdowns, no interceptions, and 50 yards rushing. In the last 15 years, no one's done that except for Drake May. So he is on a roll. Uh Wake, just two bad performances in a row. You know, I've, I've been on the Wake Forest bandwagon this year, but those losses against Louisville and NC State, not good. What do you see here?
2: I, I think North Carolina wins. The Wake Forest, I saw some tweets about how many sacks Sam Hartman has taken the last couple of weeks. They've been beat up a little bit. They're getting after him. And Drake Mays riding it. I mean, you want to talk about a backdoor, it's, there's a backdoor Heisman right there. Uh, mm-hmm. much like Lamar Jackson did because of the numbers. And if he leads an ACC championship run, which is very possible, let's say CJ Stroud and Ohio state lose to Michigan, Tennessee doesn't find a way it, like loses a game or, or people just aren't all that. They just have the Georgia game in their brain and Drake may goes out and lights up everybody for the next month. He, he could backdoor the Heisman very easily, including Clemson. Of, right. Yeah, Right. I mean like, he's going to play NC state. He's going to play wake. He's going to have chances to pile up numbers and his numbers are already comparable to hooker and Stroud. So I, I think there's definitely a path for him to win the Heisman and we'll see how that goes. But I, I do like North Carolina in this game. They have played some wild ones. They played a wild one last week in some ways with Virginia that got a little tight at the end, but, uh, I think Tar Heels stay on task in that wild coastal and, and, uh, I don't know that it's going to get up to the 58-55 range. It still feels like a 30s game, but I do remember last year's game, and it was uh, was one of those
1: hilarious games where every other play, was a long touchdown. I mean, North Carolina's defense is terrible, and and that's why they're exciting and fun to watch because Drake May has to keep scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring. They're ranked 122nd in the nation in yards per game defense, 122nd. So they are obviously very one-sided, and that's why Wake is a favorite in this game uh, in Winston-Salem. So, all right, back to – or let's update folks on our confidence contest. Every week, Bill and I pick four games against the spread. We order our picks in order of confidence, like a bowl confidence pool, four points, three points, two points, and one point. We each had three points last week. Coastal Carolina covered for me. That was my three-pointer. That's all I got. LSU and Georgia, the two SEC teams, covered for you, but they were only your two pointer and your one pointer. Bill, you got to get the you got to get the threes and the fours. That's the key to this down. contest. Scoreboard: Troche forty six and a half, Bender forty five, still tight. Uh, before we make our picks, I'm going to give you a trivia question. Okay, trivia question. Think about it while we're making our picks. I think you're going to be able to handle it. But we shall see Gary Patterson, we're gonna have a Gary Patterson theme. How about that? Mm-hmm. Game of, game of the week, TCU Texas, of course, he's on the Texas staff now. He has a statue outside of uh, MN Carter Stadium at TCU. Now he's Texas. He's trying to beat TCU this weekend. Gary Patterson had six top 10 finishes at TCU in his career. Can you name the last, Texas coach to have more top, more than six top ten finishes. So okay. you got Gary had six at TCU. Has a Texas what Texas coach topped that? I feel like this
2: is a trick question, but we'll it get to it. Might be
1: a tra- it might be a trick question, Bill. So let's move on. I'm trying to think. I think uh you won the previous week we split last week so you still have the honors you will pick first give me your four-pointer then i will pick four three two one you start us off with your four-pointer yeah tcu i'm taking the seven like tcu plus
2: seven that's so easy like i'm walking right into the trap like i said i mean i think they're the better team by every metric that i've seen like and especially if it's a one score game I'm going to trust TCU in that game, the way that they're playing, the way that they've been able to rally from deficits. I don't think – I think even if they lose, it'll be like 38-34. So I look for that to be a last possession type game. I wonder if it'll be as dramatic as the Michael Crabtree game when Texas-Texas played Texas. I want to see a game like that if we're going to have a high-scoring game. And I, I, I just it, – it's just a slam-dunk pick. I'm going to go with the Horn
1: Frogs plus seven. I agree with you. I stayed away from it, though. I don't know why. I just felt like game day's there, and I just don't trust TCU to go undefeated. I don't know why. Maybe I should. I mean, they've almost lost several times, but they always pull it out. I feel like at some point the Magic's going to run out. Texas is dying to beat these guys. TCU's had their number. Uh, This is an opportunity to do it. I don't know. I mean, you're right. I I just – I went when we discussed it earlier, I mentioned that all the – The two teams that beat Texas lost to TCU, so I don't know why you wouldn't pick TCU, but I I decided to stay away. It wouldn't surprise me if TCU beats them, but um, I stayed away. My four-pointer, UCF plus two at Tulane. Good offense beats good defense. That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. UCF goes on the road, hands Tulane. It's, uh, It's first conference loss. Uh, they've got a great record, but they've avoided uh, the best teams in the league so far. You know, UCF has a weird loss to East Carolina, but beat Cincinnati two weeks ago. Followed that up with a good win at Memphis. 500 yards a game for the Gus Bus. I'm taking UCF plus the two. Pretty sure I've mispicked Tulane in our picks
2: against the spread every week. Since they've been ranked. So I took them <laughs> to win. So you're in good shape. Okay. Um, that's why my way of telling you feel good about that. Um, I, do. I will. My three pointer is we just talked about it at uh, North Carolina at Wake Forest. I'm taking there. Why is North Carolina an underdog? The better team. They're like right. the the better yeah. offense. And it's going to be wacky. Like it has been the last two years. And I still think that favors the Tar Heels. So uh, Drake may with the ball at the end of the game. It might be wacky, but Three and a half, I, I, I point taken on their defense, by the way. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just looking at the, I remember watching those games the last two years and North Carolina just made the plays when it matters. I think Drake Mayo spread the ball out and bolsters Heisman campaign. Could be a 380 type yard game for him and uh, another ranked underdog that I'm just going to take. I, I think they're the better
1: team. Yeah. So there's two traps yeah. I've walked into. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm going to walk into a trap right here. For my three-pointer, I'm taking LSU minus three because Vegas is begging us to take LSU, right? I mean, and I'm falling for it. I don't I don't understand how a top-ten team in November, we've got a lot of data at this point, mm-hmm. is playing a five-and-four team that has losses to Liberty and Texas A&M and struggled with Missouri State, it, mm-hmm. and LSU is only a three-point favorite. I mean, they both played Alabama at home, Bill, right? Alabama beat Arkansas by 26 (laughs) points and lost to LSU. So, you know, and Bryce Young got hurt in the second quarter of that game uh, uh, when Alabama played Arkansas. So, I mean, everything on paper says LSU is a 10, 15-point favorite, should be a 10 or 15-point favorite. So, it's a trap game, but I'm going for it. I'm going to fall for it, LSU minus three. Well, just press repeat because that's my two.
2: LSU minus three (laughs) everything you just said um not much to add on to it just that I feel everything about that I mean we talked about it earlier I just think LSU is the better team I don't know why this line isn't if I was guessing this line when I kind of was sketching things out Sunday as I always do um I would have thought it was like seven at least seven and a half maybe with a hook and or eight and uh yeah I feel like there's value here with the Tigers all they have to do is go win a Are they like expecting like a Jaden Daniels meltdown game or a KJ Jefferson KJ Jefferson versus Jaden Daniels is very exciting to me. I am excited to watch that part of the game, but I I just think LSU is the better team with more things to play for right now. And unless you're resorting Arkansas to spoiler coming off that bad loss, um, seems like slam dunk. So I'm right there with you. There's one I said we'd have two before we came on. I think we'd have at least two of the same picks. So we've got
1: one. I got one two pointer. My two pointer. I'm going with Ohio State. Number two in the polls, minus thirty nine and a half against Indiana. We talk and talk and talk about Ohio State's offense, right? Whether it's great or like last week and it was terrible. Why was it terrible? Why can't they run? And by the way, the the dirty little secret is their defense is awesome. They're number six in the nation in in yard in total defense. You know, no one scored more than twenty one against them, uh, except Penn State. They scored thirty one. They had a meaningless touchdown with a minute to go. In that game, um, you know JT Tuimolowao has That's become it. the uh, the latest beast for the Buckeyes. Indiana they're only averaging 19 points a game in Big Ten play. Quarterback situation's a mess. They used three quarterbacks last week against Penn State. I think Ohio State's ready to you know correct last week's poor showing with one of those 40 50 point outbursts. Indiana is not going to be able to move the ball against this Ohio State defense. Ohio State I think is going to cover the 39 and a half. Line did move down,
2: it was 41 and a half when uh, you know, it opened, so that that's a little interesting to me. Um, I would have taken it at 41 and a half because you're that's six touchdowns, like, um, but yeah, 20 taken again, like, uh, Indiana's bad. I could and see 50,
1: 55 to seven or something like that. Like, it
2: was not that long ago that Indiana played at Ohio state, pushed them to the limit and people were making a big 10 championship case for the Hoosiers in that COVID year. And I don't think Ohio state people have forgotten that. So <laughs> um this could be, that's going to be ugly. I think the Buckeyes tears. I don't know that it'll be as legendary as what they did to Michigan state last year at home late in the season, but it, yeah, they're going to put up a big number here, I think. So not a bad pick at all. Um, my one is Notre Dame at Navy minus 17. I like the Irish. And, I again, it's the – it is different because it's Marcus Freeman going against that Navy attack for the first time, but they just have pounded Navy in recent seasons. It's not the same Navy team as usual. I think the Irish are getting hot at the right time. And Notre Dame – or Navy will try to limit their possessions, but this just feels like the one year where they just – 38 to like 14 so I I like Notre Dame to win that game by 17 keep their hot streak going and building some momentum to that USC game it wasn't all that long ago that we were like wondering out loud if Notre Dame was going to go to a bowl game now we're wondering how awesome of a bowl game is it going to (laughs) be and it's it's been a good run for the Irish and a good turnaround for Marcus Freeman
1: yeah, like we said, they couldn't get out of their own way when they were trying to block Marshall and Stanford, and then they are blowing through the vaunted Clemson defensive line. We'll see what they do to Navy. I assume they're going to blow through it, and I assume uh, Notre Dame's defense is going to keep Navy in check. The defense has been playing great. Special teams have been playing great. The Irish passing game is not up to snuff uh, at the outside passing game with Pine and the wide receivers, but they're probably not going to need it to cover this number. I like that pick too. Uh, my one pointer is going to be Duke minus nine and a half uh, against Virginia Tech at home against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's lost six straight games, the latest a home game to Georgia Tech in a game where the Hokies had a punt return for a touchdown and an interception return for a touchdown, and they still couldn't beat a Georgia Tech team that was down to their third quarterback and an interim coach. Things are not going well in Hokie land. Duke six and three. They're coming off two road wins, and and the game before that was that narrow loss to North Carolina where they probably should have won. They missed a field goal like two minutes ago that basically would have clinched the game. So Duke's playing pretty well, and I I think Virginia Tech is not. So 10 points is not too much for me. I like Duke as my one-pointer. So to review, Bender, trap game TCU plus seven, trap game UNC plus three and a half, trap game LSU minus three, and Notre Dame minus 17. My four-pointer, uh, UCF plus two, LSU minus three, Ohio State minus 39 and a half, and Duke minus nine and a half. Before we get out of here, I want to hear, and I'm not going to blow the answer this week. I'm not blowing the answer this week. You're going to have to answer it. Good. Gar- Gary Patterson has six top ten finishes. Name the last Texas coach to have more than six top ten finishes.
2: It's probably Daryl K. Royal would be my answer. Even though I want to answer Mac, I don't think that would be too easy. So I'll say Daryl K. Royal, who the stadium's named after.:
1: You got it, Daryl K. Right. Royal. Mac had six as well, and I said more than six. So Mac Brown had six top 10 finishes in his tenure at Texas. Gary Patterson had six top 10 finishes in his tenure at TCU bonus question. Can you name the leagues? Gary Patterson coached in during his TCU tenure. I can't. I
2: think I can. I, I I know he coached in the WAC, the 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 Western Athletic Conference, the Mountain West Conference, the Big Twelve. Is there a fourth league? Oh, um, and Conference USA.
1: Four for four, Bill. Yeah, you got the so, bonus question well, even. So here's my thing and we can and that was actually a trick question because he was an interim coach for one game yeah. when they were still in the WAC. <laughs> they they are the school along with Utah that have really
2: provided the model for everybody. Like to me, like they've gone because of that journey we just mentioned. They they they've been dying to get in this spot. I think, you know, from the Andy Dalton days that, you know, I remember the WAC days, the Ladanian Tomlinson days that they've made this kind of slow climb to this window. And that's why I, when they get disrespected, it's almost against my personality. We know each other a little bit here that I'm normally the elitist, the snob, the, I want to see the 50 NFL guys on the field. I don't need this nonsense, but I've kind of taken to them. And we've joked about that with Kansas earlier in the year, but I've kind of taken to this team because I like Duggan. I like their running game. I like their style. And, you know, I kind of, I'm excited to watch the drama with Patterson and and all of this with Texas because if they they put it on Texas Saturday I mean that they're really bolstering their case. So I just think it's because most people assume that Georgia would do to TCU something worse than what they did to Tennessee, but you know what, we saw them beat Tennessee once. Let's see what happens here.
1: It's going to be fun. It's going to be another great week. It's going to be a lot of shakeups. Your bye week is over. You're back on the field. You're ready to go. You're all stretched out. I'm excited to have you back Saturday night. We'll have good coverage at sportingnews.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week for all of our podcasts here at CFB Nation All-America Podcast. And enjoy the weekend.